Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Daily Sports Talk Show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What up, Montana? Welcome in. Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, Nuda, Missoula, Menuda, Montana. They're located at the corner of Stevens and Mount here in the Garden City. You can also find them online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. They boast the largest inventory of trucks. Anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Tons to get to today. If you want to listen to the show anywhere besides the traditional radio or television, head on over to the station website, 1029ESPN.com. There you'll find the stream. You can also be involved in the show by giving us a call, 888-1029. That's 888-1029-406-888-1029. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You're going to want to remember that because we're going to give you some Taglieri Deli today. The best sandwiches in the city of Missoula. It's a Taglieri Tuesday. So we'll be doing that uh, about 30 to 45 minutes. Better just keep your radio or your television right here. Bunch of fun stuff today. First and foremost, we're going to get started with Andrew Houghton, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as ESPN Missoula. He's down at Grizz practice right now. So we actually recorded something 
a little earlier in the day uh, because the Grizz have a bye, so their practice schedule is a little bit different uh, this week. So they usually start about 3.30 now. Today they were ending a little bit early, so uh, he had to get down there to get some stuff going for later on in the week. Um, so he and I caught up about Missoula Paddleheads, the Bishop Sycamores, if you haven't heard about this. <laughs> I don't even get it, but it's just so funny. And uh, also, we caught up about all things Big Sky Conference football, the Grizz, the Bobcats, and everything in between. We'll also hear from Amandre Williams uh, a little bit later on here uh, in this show as well, uh, in this first hour as well. Uh, he's a defensive end for the Montana State Bobcats. And uh, Bryson Smith, he's here. He is the uh, assistant pro at the Missoula Country Club, and he's the guy that heads up the youth program program over there at MCC as well. So he's going to talk to us about what was one of the best uh, junior league teams in the state. They went on to, over to regionals. So fun for him. It's part of our continued partnership with Pepsi Cola, our Pepsi Youth Sports segments. They do those usually about once a month, but uh, getting a little bit caught up. So Bryson Smith, the assistant golf professional and uh, PGA apprentice down there at Missoula Country Club will join us. Also have the debut of a new segment, the Footy 15 with Andrew Houghton. He's going to give us some soccer insights. He had a great interview with Chris Chitovitsky, the women's soccer coach at the University of Montana yesterday. Uh, so he uh, put that together for us. So could appreciate Andrew's contributions. Hour number two, every other Tuesday here at Nuanas Now, we present the business angle with Justin Angle, the overlay between business and sports. Justin, a professor of business at the University of Montana Business School, he's going to swing by into the studio. So his second appearance in studio uh, for basically the more than a year we've been doing this. So it'll be good to see Justin uh, live and in person here in studio. And then, of course, as we do every Tuesday as well, it is going to be our Treasure State Stars highlighting some of the best performances from the wide world of sports across the state of Montana. Andrew Houghton, ESPN Missoula, SkylineSportsMT.com, joining us here now on Nuanas Now, recording this a little earlier in the day because the University of Montana, off to a 2-0 start, fresh off a 42-7 victory over Western Illinois. The Grizz have a bye this week. There was a little bit of a schedule rearrangement, and the Dixie State game got moved. Uh, this was all part of the pandemic influence on pretty much everything in college football the last couple of years. But uh, an early buy for the Grizz. I know that Patrick O'Connell, star linebacker for the Grizz, said that, uh, you know, they'll take the buy whenever they could get it, but they actually wish they were still playing because the Grizz are rolling right now with victories over Washington and Western Illinois. But because of that, Andrew has to run down to practice today a little early on. So usually he would join us live, but he can't do that today because – Grizz are uh, wrapping practice about 4 o'clock, so he's got to get on down to um, the River Bowl and then see what's going on with some of those Grizz guys. But, Andrew, before we get into uh, college football, specifically the in-state recruiting battle in Montana and some scores from around the Big Sky Conference and some analysis about the teams in the Big Sky, uh, two things we got to touch on. First and foremost, the Missoula Paddleheads, victorious last night uh, against the Boise Hawks, which means they are now one game away from the Pioneer League Championship. Uh, this is a best two of three they had to go to Boise now for the next two. And so my first thought here is the Paddleheads won the first half pennant in the Pioneer League. They won the second half pennant. Yet because they're in the north and not the south, they're the ones playing the play-in game on Saturday, which they won handily over the Idaho Falls Chuckers 11-2. But then they also have to seal this thing on the road. So my number one thought was they're the best team in the league by a long shot. They need to negotiate new rules here. I mean, the fact that they're having to play the play-in game and the South team gets a bye and the fact they got to go on the road to seal this thing, pretty wild. The crazy thing to me is that, yeah, game three, if necessary, is going to be in Boise. And I guess you don't want to do the travel schedule. Right. But at least give the team that won first half, second half the choice sure. of whether you want game one at home 
or games two and three at home. Right. Right? Like, because then you can say, you know, maybe maybe they do want to get off to a good start in the series, game one at home, whatever. I think you'd prefer to have games two and three at home if you had the choice. And they've been, you know, the best team in the league in the regular season. Give them the chance to, to take to take that choice. I totally agree. Jeff Safford, Voice of Missoula Palace. We'll have your call tomorrow night from Boise. So have no fear. It would be fun to have that those games maybe a clincher here in Missoula, but... Not the case, so but, uh, it is what it is. But what a story, though. I mean, the first year under the, the rebrand, first year not affiliated. It's been a great summer of baseball in Missoula because they've just been killing teams. They've been super entertaining, great offense, and now one went away from a championship. The other thing we got to talk about. So for those that don't know, Andrew and I have worked t- together now for a handful of years, and uh, we spent a lot of time together because when you're doing sports writing stuff, especially when, you know, we're new age media at Skyline Sports, so we don't have an office. Our office has been whatever house I'm living in at the time or whatever house uh, any of us is living in at the time, and now uh, we live together. But he's, uh, you know, not that much younger than me, but younger enough to understand some stuff that I just can't wrap my head around. And he's always in on all the trends that are going on and for Twitter and all the stuff that's on the social medias and all that stuff. I sort of understand this, but I don't quite get it still, Andrew. What What is Bishop Sycamore? <laughs> the, for those that haven't followed, this is my broad explanation of this. This is a team that decided to play like a national high school schedule, but they're not really made up of high school kids because there's not even really a high school, and there's they're like basically just pulling the greatest prank in the history of the world on everybody. That's basically my premise on this. Yeah, Bishop Sycamore is essentially, it's it's like a logo and like 40 <laughs> football uniforms and that's it. I mean, these kids are not in class. They're not kids, right? Aren't half these guys like 25 years old? Right, like there's something going around Twitter that like, oh, one guy had a fake huddle account and he's back playing for Bishop Sycamore. Like some of these guys had played in Juco and were coming back. They're basically they're basically nothing. There's no building. They don't have their own practice field, no facilities or anything. There's no school. It's the logo and the uniforms and whoever they find to play in the uniforms. This first landed on my radar. We were just hanging out. I think it was like a just a, a weekend day, night or something, and you were flipping through the channels. And IMG Academy, which is a very prestigious Private school in Florida. It's a factory. I mean, basically, if you start at IMG, you're going to the SEC. I mean, it's like you're, it's just signed, still delivered. You're a you know four or five star recruit. Are playing this Bishop Sycamore team? And it's like fifty six to nothing. I'm like, why is IMG playing this team? And they were. I mean, it was just so clear that one team was elite and the other team was not. <laughs> and then it sort of just started matriculating and blowing up. And it's just. It's crazy, man. This, I mean, the coach basically lied his way onto ESPN. These guys are like writing bad checks to stay at hotels. They're getting equipment and all this publicity without actually being a real entity. The thing is, is that it's so interesting is that schools like IMG, right, are not. They're a couple steps up from that because they're they're real, right? But IMG... Right. Right. IMG is not so much a school, like you said, as it is. Yep. It's a sports academy. Yes, right? and that's that's the whole thing. Is and and, and uh, sports academy. Well, okay, and they do have some like academic elements. Actually, a physical place. But of then course. there's also these like diploma mills, as they would call them, in basketball. Yeah. Where these teams are, they're traveling AAU teams that are basically semi-pro teams, and these guys like quote unquote go to class, which means that they like 
They do online stuff? Go to the, yeah. yeah, like the tutor comes to the gym and like runs them through their math homework or something. Like this is not real. This is not high school as we imagine it here in rural Montana. Right. So like that's what Bishop's that's what Bishop Sycamore wants to be. Bishop Sycamore's problem is that they don't they didn't have any good players, right? right. If you're if you're great players, you could get away with it. I just don't know how they get away with the, the having guys that like have already been out of high school and have been in junior college. I mean, do they have a guy that was like straight out of the the can? I think. I mean, he was like out. He was in prison. Like, it's it's just mind blowing. I guess it, the, the the level of lying that it would take to get to this point. For honestly, I'm not advocating lying or deceit, but. I'm impressed. It's amazing that they were able to lie their way to this point. I don't know how you can be surprised with just <laughs> right. anything of the level of corruption that goes on in athletics, amateur athletics around the country. I mean, I, it's just a funny story. And the, I, I think it's so funny that their initials are BS. Oh, man. I mean, there's been the, the Twitter chiming in on this has just been hilarious. Like Cam Newton gets cut by the Patriots. The whole thing blows up. Next Bishop Sycamore quarterback. Cam Newton's going to the top. (laughs) Unbelievable. Andrew Houghton joining us here on ESPN Missoula 102.9, as well as uh, SWX Montana Television. All right, let's uh, jump in. A little Big Sky Breakdown action. Big Sky Breakdown podcast is hosted on SkylineSportsMT.com, but you can also find content from that podcast here, as well as a lot of analysis that is original to this show as well. Let's talk in-state recruiting. The Grizzlies, with Bobby Houck at the helm, struck first. And they got commitments from Caden Hewitt, widely considered the best quarterback prospect in the state. Tyson Rossett, one of the best... Uh, Caden Hewitt from Helen High, by the way. Tyson Rossett from Hamilton, one of the best athlete prospects in the state. Zach Cruz, uh, in my opinion, one of the two or three best guys in the state, period. I don't know what position he's going to play in college. But I do think he could play multiple positions at the collegiate level. They also got a commitment from Patrick Rohrbach, the kicker from Glacier, and Marcus Evans, the son of Scott Evans, Helena High's head coach, uh, who's a linebacker. And those five commitments were five of among the first six commitments by in-state players. Burke Mastel from Red Lodge was the other one. He committed to the Cats early on in the summer. But for a moment, it just seemed like Montana was just kicking Montana State's butt in the in-state recruiting battle. That's always the case when you get uh, sort of a windfall of guys like that. A lot of times, too, when you get that quarterback guy, then he becomes a recruiter. He's sending texts or DMs on Twitter or whatever the kids do now. But Montana State answered in a big way uh, over the weekend. They had a couple guys on campus, and uh, they got commitments from Ethan Abbott, who's a two-way lineman out of Florence Carlton High School, six foot four, 275 pounds, really good player. I've watched him play live twice uh, last year when he was a junior, really talented and then probably the big-time ones, Taco and Caden Dowler. Taco Dowler definitely considered one of the top two or three recruits uh, in the state of Montana. So not necessarily even maybe an analysis of these specific guys, Andrew, but what do you think of just sort of the back and forth that occurs in the in-state recruiting battle? And, uh, I mean, is it relevant? Is it significant? Or is it just sort of uh, the ebbs and flows of, of college football? I think it's great, for one thing, just to see all these kids – go in and plan for the local colleges and that's not a thing that happens in a lot of states but I mean Montana the top recruits are going to be going to Montana or Montana State most of the time I don't I'm not sure that it means much of anything um you know these kids are going to pick for for one reason or the other Montana's going to get Montana's never going to be shut out Montana State's never going to be shut out of the top in-state recruits right right so you're going to get 
some of these kids on campus, I mean, every every top kid in the state's going to have a Montana offer, going to have a Montana State offer. You're going to get some of them. You're not going to get some of them. It just plays into the development when you get to school, right? I think that's the more important thing. It also, sometimes you got to read between the lines because the in-state recruiting battle, it is impactful. But so often, guys are already aligned one way or the other. Like, for example... Marcus Evans, his older brother, already plays for the Grizzlies. That's going to be really hard for the Bobcats to go recruit Marcus Evans. On the flip side, Montana State offered scholarships to both Taco and Caden Dowler, where Montana right. did not offer Caden Dowler a scholarship. Well, as twin brothers, you, it's one it's one way or the other, right? You're either going to go exactly where your twin's going no matter what. You're either a package deal or you're, you're dead set on not being a package deal. But either way... Uh, it's going to be hard to swing. If you are a package deal, it's going to be hard to swing, you know, one of the twins. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, Zach Cruz growing up in Missoula, playing right. for a former Grizz and Dane Oliver, I know he thought about the Cats up for a minute, but when the Grizz come down the pipe, I mean, hard for him to really be swayed. So what I'm saying, though, is like a lot of times there's only a few guys that are actually like battleground recruits in the state of Montana. A lot of times they have predisposed allegiances or family ties or, you know, everything in between. Right, which is, I mean, those guys who don't have that, maybe they take on increased importance. It's just interesting to watch because you know that the fan base has put so much importance on this, right? I mean, it's something that they can look at in the summer when there are no games to be played. I mean, we're still two and a half months out from from Cat Grizz. This is what they have to go at each other with, right? Right now, just, just the recruiting. Well, the other fascinating part, too, is that so much is made of the in-state recruiting battle. Who is winning while it's happening? Who is winning when the signing day rolls around? But what we know, this is the most tried-and-true notion in all of, college, uh, of all of college sports in Montana. The way that guys develop is going to be the key to their success. Right. It, it's why so often the guys are the best players in high school at all levels of football are not necessarily going to be the best players in college. If it was all linear, every NFL player would have been a five-star recruit in in high school. That's not true. Half of them weren't even two-star recruits because the way you accelerate between 18 and 23 and then the way you put in the work to continue to get better. So I guess what I'm saying is I think that's why the the formula Bobby Houck has in place right now where he's trying to recruit guys that I've just wanted to be Grizzlies their whole lives. And no matter what they are at that moment, if they're good enough to be, a, you know, at least a fringe Division One player, he'll turn them into a great Division One player, or at least find a role for them on the team. Jeff Choate was really good at that too, and I, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Brent Vegan has a similar sort of development model at Montana State. Well, and that's such the important part too is finding the right role for these guys, especially guys like Zach Cruz or Tyson Rostad. You know, we talked so much about this. These guys aren't going to stay at quarterback in college, but like, where is Zach Cruz going to be best? Defensive end, outside linebacker, tight end he can play a lot of those positions you have to not only move into the right position but get him in the right role to succeed when he gets to campus and that's huge too just outside of the development the weight room stuff Andrew Houghton ESPN Missoula as well as SkylineSportsMT.com joining us here on Nuanas now all right let's talk a little football let's talk about what has been occurring the last couple weeks it was uh, pandemonium last week in Missoula because the uh, the hype after Montana's 13-7 victory over Washington was 
it was out of control, man. It was it was through the roof. And I mean, a great victory, great great win. Just the sixth win by a ranked uh, or by an FCS team over a ranked FBS opponent. Excuse me. But then Montana doubled down. They allowed no offensive points to Western Illinois. They uh, rolled up six sacks, eleven tackles for loss. Only allowed 151 yards of total offense against the Leathernecks. And uh, on the way to Bobby Houck posting his 100th victory as the head coach at the University of Montana. So uh, your second, you actually have seen the Grizz now twice yep. in person. I only got to see him once this last weekend. But uh, their defense is staggering watching them in person. I mean, they are they are as advertised and maybe even better, especially playing at home. I could not believe the way that they fly the ball. They run their butts off. And it is it is a thing of beauty, man. I, and this is not uh, a fan allegiance or anything. If you were a football purist, the the heart and passion and fortitude that the Montana defense is playing with right now is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. What was crazy to watch is that Western Illinois... Not a bad team. Western Illinois knows what they want to do on offense. They've got a decent quarterback. They've got good wide receivers. They came in with confidence, and Montana just sort of squeezed the life out of them. By the by, the second quarter, and especially in the third quarter, there was nothing they could do. I mean, they had a couple completions to, to Dennis Houston, their wide receiver, their, sure. their star early. And then that just got taken away, and there was nothing they could do. The... Um this is the other thing about Montana that's so uh, fascinating. The Grizz faithful win engaged, no football really well. And I know sometimes they're completely out of control and their irrational opinions of the team and things like that, but they do know football and they can recognize not just the quarterbacks and receivers as guys that they're falling in love with. And you could tell on Saturday night at Washington Grizzly Stadium that the Grizz faithful are falling in love with this trio of linebackers. And, it, I mean, it's how could you not, right? How can you not, yeah. But also, I mean, they, they, it's just like, it, it's almost out of a storybook, right? I mean, you got, what, probably one scholarship between the three of them when they first came to campus. Right. We talk about Mar- Marcus Wellnell, Jace Lewis, and, and Patrick O'Connell. And now it's like, I mean, you got two of them are already one defensive player of the week, and neither one of them are the guy that was actually supposed to be maybe the defensive player of the year in the Big Sky Conference. So uh, pretty impressive so far for the Montana linebacker trio. They are leading the way uh, for the Montana defense. And they fit in just so well with the atmosphere there. I mean, they're expressive. They feed off the crowd. They give it up to the crowd. Crowd gives it back to them. It's just the, the perfect fit. They're fun to watch, fun to talk to, all of that stuff. So uh, it's been fun sort of uh, perpetuating that narrative as well around here at Nuanas. Now you're listening to ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, located at the corner of Stevens and Mount here in Missoula. You can also find them online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Andrew, a, a little bit hard to get a gauge on the Bobcats. I was there live and in person in Laramie, so I got a one full dose of in person with MSU. But uh, last week, the kicks were at the exact same time, so we were monitoring the Bobcat game in the press box a little bit. But, you know, you want to engage in the game you're at, the game you're covering, so I didn't get to watch as much of it. So I have watched uh, some playbacks so far, some highlights and all that. 
But my brother Brooks was at the game uh, on Saturday, and he gave some good insight. But the Bobcats, fast, physical, everything on defense. But uh, I know you haven't got a chance to watch them quite as much because you've been covering games both of the last two Saturdays. But uh, maybe not even your perspective on MSU, but what, what are your thoughts on the Cats or what are your questions right now about the Cats? Um, what, what are you going to be looking at now when they are the lone game in the state of Montana this weekend uh, hosting San Diego, uh, last tune-up before Big Sky Conference play? What are your thoughts just on MSU right now? Well, I think it's funny how closely they've tracked Montana so far, right? I mean, they're a minute against Wyoming from being in the same place as Montana, basically, with the FBS win, not that beating Wyoming is on the same caliber as beating Washington. Sure. But the FBS win and then coming back home the next week and handling business against, you know, a team that you're supposed to beat at home. And, I mean, they won 45-7 against Drake last weekend. Montana won 42-7. I mean, they're, they're in the same place. So my question... I guess going into Big Sky Conference play would be is their defense on the same level as the Grizz? I mean, is there Man. where do where where do those two teams stack up against each other? Wow. So, here's my basic thought on this actually. I think that the Cats have several of the most exceptional individual talents defensively. I think that Chase Benson would be the, the starting interior, the best starting interior defensive lineman if he played for either squad. I think Troy Anderson is the most talented linebacker for either squad, but I don't necessarily know if that means he's the best, especially because of the spot he's playing. Right. Pretty hard to say Patrick O'Connell's not the best in terms of the spot he's playing because O'Connell's kind of playing that. They used to call it the Reb. It's like the Buck stand-up outside guy in this Grizz defense. But, I mean, he's got like four and a half sacks and six and a half tackles for a loss in two games already, so hard to say he's not playing the best. But in terms of individual talent, I think – Chase Benson's an all-league, all-American caliber guy. Amandre Williams, all-league, all-American caliber guy. Daniel Hardy has the potential to be an all-league guy. Troy Anderson, certainly an all-American caliber guy. Jeffrey Manning, uh, Trey Webb, Ty Okada, all three of those guys are all big sky, talented level uh, defensive backs. And then Callahan O'Reilly, the other inside linebacker, is also a potential all-big sky guy. So I think that Montana State has the headlining talent. I'm just wondering where they're going to go, what happens depth-wise, because I do think they're thin at corner. I also do think that you know if any of those premier guys get hurt, the next guy has a significant downgrade. That's where the Grizzlies are at right now, though. You know, let's say one of those linebackers we just talked about gets hurt. Well, you can just roll in Braxton Hill, who's not a downgrade whatsoever. He's ready to roll. Let's say one of the safeties guys gets hurt. Well, you got Oregon State transfer as the sort of utility guy in Trajan Cotton. One of the corners gets hurt. Well, you got two dudes who could probably start anywhere in the Big Sky Conference. So I think that the thing that the Montana's got at an advantage over the Cats right now is the fact that they just have way more proven depth defensively. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, the way that Montana State continues to evolve. I, I don't think they're going to get a true test until they go on the road October 15th at Weber State. So stay tuned for that. But I think this Cat team has a chance to really get rolling as they head down to Weber uh, with some winnable games in front of them. Uh, but all that said, I think that both these teams, two of, if not the two best defenses, not just in the Big Sky Conference, but in the, in the country, I think that they are among the elite defenses at the FCS level. 
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's always a good day when you're getting played back in by a little Weezer happy hour. Hope you're having an outstanding Tuesday. It's Nuana's Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuana's, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport can be found online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. So happy to have Andrew Houghton here at ESPN Missoula with us, helping us out. He's done a great job so far of uh, taking a lot of stuff off my plate, been busting out some prep interviews. But also, Andrew's a big football fan, and I mean football like football, the footy. He really likes soccer. And he and Jackson Wagner, uh, who's working down there at the University of Montana Athletic Department, uh, they've been putting together a podcast the last couple weeks uh, all about football at all different levels, including University of Montana soccer and local soccer around the Garden City and around the state of Montana as well. So we're going to share an excerpt from the latest 4015 with Chris Chitavisky, the head coach of the women's soccer program, in just one minute. But first, it's a Tuesday, so that means it's a Tagliari Tuesday. Tagliari Deli, the best sandwiches in the city of Missoula, I would reckon, in the state of Montana. And they're some of the best sandwiches I've had anywhere on the planet Earth. They're located down there on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins, they have so many great flavors, so many great uh, sandwiches, but they also have a great wine selection. They have pasta, pasta sauce. It's like a little corner Italian market. So it's an outstanding place. And if you listen in here, you know that we give you Tagliari every Tuesday, and that's what we're doing right now. Caller number three or text or whatever, whoever gets a hold of us third, 406-888-1029. That's 888 Give us a call right now. we got a $25 gift card to Tagliari Delicatessen, the third person to get a hold of us, whether it's via text or via call, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Give us a call right now. we got 25 bucks to Tagliari Deli for you. And if you don't win, still head on down there. You're going to want to go do that to get yourself one of the best sandwiches in the city of Missoula. 
Without further ado, the 40-15 with Andrew Houghton. So the Grizz and, and Coach Chudovisky are coming off a great weekend, beat Texas Southern 6 nothing at South Campus Stadium, and then beat Boise State 1-0 on Sunday at uh, South Campus Stadium, goal by Delaney Lou Shore. Walk me through that game, because like you said, that's a that's a measuring stick of a game. What were you guys doing well against against Boise State there, and, and sort of how does it feel to get a win like that in front of the home yeah. fans? Yeah, um, it's the same things we've been doing well in all the other games, but I sat there before the game, and I said, we're not looking at this as 90 minutes. For 45 minutes, this is what I need, and then we're going to regroup, and we're going to have the conversation again. And we're in the same spot we've always been after 45 minutes against all these good teams. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. So we've never closed somebody out. Your theme as a team, you're telling me, is why not? Why not has to stop being words. Why not us? Why can't we win? Why not has to become actions? And you're going out for these final 45 minutes, and we're going to find a way to win this game because I'm sick and tired of losing these ones. And they are too. They're getting frustrated with it. So you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, neither do you, but we're jumping off the cliff, we're flapping our wings, and I hope to God that we fly because it's about time that we did it. It's about time that we got a result like this. And they just crushed it in the second half. So, loved them. That's awesome stuff. I mean, you guys got the goal sort of off a, a scrappy play yeah. in front of net, but you guys were, were playing really well in that second half. I mean, what were you, what were you doing well tactically and, and sort of in the game? Oh, just everything. Um, it's, it, it's, it's another commitment to the way that we want to play. And that is, I think, what screwed us over with Gonzaga losing that game 3-0 is we tried to adjust ourselves to play to stop Gonzaga rather than playing as ourselves. Um, and that bit us in the butt to lose 3-0. And the commitment was, you know what, this is how we want to play, then let's do it. Let's just go out, and I don't care if it's Boise, I don't care if it's South Carolina, this is how we play soccer, this is what we do. And let's see how it holds up against the good teams. So we pressed extremely well, we attacked very well, we kept the ball under pressure, we're playing to our strengths as a team, which is we've recruited very technical players. And you have to build their confidence to keep the ball under pressure and then play the correct through balls at the right times. So. Very, very happy with them. Yeah, that's such an interesting thing that I wanted to pick your brain about is just how you set up the team against different levels of opposition. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's such a big thing, even at the higher levels of the game, right? When yeah. when Brighton is playing Man City or something yeah. or anybody yeah. in the Bundesliga is playing Bayern and it's yes. like, do you set up differently? Do you try to play more defensively? Do you park yeah. the bus? And I've, you know, I've never been a coach. So like, how do you, how do you handle that? Because you are playing such differing levels of competition, especially yes. here in the non-conference. <laughs> yeah, especially in the non-conference. He nailed it. Um, it, it. It really depends, again, on who we're playing. And let's say we're playing in a four-back or we're playing in a three-back. So let's say we're in a three-back. Do you want to keep your wingers extremely high, your wing-backs? Or are you going to keep them back a little bit to be more conservative? So rather than changing the formation and saying, let's go from a three-back into a four-back because that's going to protect us more, it's just we're going to be more conservative with the positions of our attacking players. And we'll set this line of confrontation of do we want to press extremely high, do we want to press it halfway, or do we want to sit on top of the box? And so the formation will stay the same, but where we confront will change. That'll be either higher or lower. Um, and with Boise, we just said, you know what? We're just going all out. We're just, we're, let's just swing. And they're going to swing, and we'll see who lands the first punch and wins the game. And that's the way, I mean, that's the way you want to be. I mean, you guys, you press high, and you do want to push the wing backs high out of the, the three-back formation, right? I mean, that's the Correct. the biggest thing. I mean, the Texas Southern game yeah. that I watched, and you guys went and scored six goals, so maybe that's like the purest distillation of what you want to do, especially attacking. Exactly. You know, Taylor Hansen and Ava Samuelson are, they're the creative hubs when you get into the attacking third. They're, yeah. they're, 
they're the threats because they're getting forward for cutbacks and crosses and everything. There was one goal where it was Ava Samuelson crossing it over to Taylor Hansen, yeah, fullback right? to fullback, yeah, right? Isn't like that crazy. Who yeah. plays that way? <laughs> yeah. That that's what you want to do. That's exactly it. That's how I would like to play the whole time, to be that dominant that it allows you to send both of them up there. And now it's not, let's cross the ball to one forward and maybe a winger. You have four people. One of, one of the goals every game is overload the box, overload the box. We have to have more attackers than they have defenders. And it's risky because if it breaks down, the counter's happening. Right. But you're hoping it doesn't break down because you have so many people in the box. How do, how do you come to that, that formation and that sort of that tactical setup? Is that something that you have wanted to play or you just looked at the players you had on your team and you built it around them? Yeah, you nailed it. It's we, 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 you build it around the players that you have. We were going to go to it last year, but we didn't have the depth in the wingback position. So we, we canned it because we only had two wingbacks and you can't do that the whole time. You need at least three to be able to rotate through. So Ava, uh, Tay, Mackenzie Kilpatrick, Maddie Seelhoff if we need her, Kendall Faro if we need her. We have five now, which is nice. But we usually rotate through three. But, yeah, you've got to pick the right players, and then you need to they need to be able to do certain things well. Taylor Henson has gone through three years working with me on crossing the ball. Ava Samuelson was specifically recruited the first time I watched it because she knows how to cross the ball. I don't want a wingback that's getting up the field, mishitting a cross, and here comes the counter. Right? they got to put the ball in the right spot so we have opportunities if we're overloading the box. So Tay, every week, in addition to full practice, works with me one to two times a week on just crossing because we're not going to miss hits the crosses. We can't do it. Yeah, talk to me a little bit more about those two players because, like I said, in the few minutes that I watched, Taylor Hansen looks like the best player in the conference. Like, there's nothing she can't do, and you ask them to do so much because they're covering the entire... They're, they're, they're back and forth up the entire flank, which is sort of like that's the modern fullback's job now. Yes. Somebody like Alfonso Davies at Bayern, that's the yes. point. That's their Kyle yeah. Walker because they're so fast they can get back and forth. But with with Hanson and Samuelson, you're asked them to get all the way to the byline, but you're also asked them to be on the ball, create, bring the ball back inside. Like they have to be really technical as well yes. when they get up to that attacking yeah, third. Yeah, exactly. How do you recruit players like that? How do you how do you how do you train them? And yeah. just how good have they been so far? First and foremost, you got to recruit them, right? And you at the college level, you really want them to come in with that skill set. And how can I just polish it up and teach them to do things in certain moments for me? Ava's just got this natural ability of if you watch her play, she likes to cut inside on the dribble so often, um, and then she likes to create out of there. She she still has a little areas to evolve with her combination play out of that because when she comes in, she could play into a nine and get it back on the other side, and then burn through people again but it's yeah just I love working if you recruit them then I just love working with them because every time you go out for a session they get a little bit better and then they're so smart because they apply it instantly at the game like Tay is literally not just one of the best players in the conference she's one of the best players in the region if you look at her instat which is what we use for um, statistical tracking and all that stuff her instat scores are borderline professional player scores this kid will be playing pro and that's like physical stuff no, that's just all her. We're looking at her crosses, her price, her, her price completion percentage, her tackle completion percentage, her successful dribbles versus unsuccessful dribbles, the amount of times that she heads the ball, how many assists she's getting, how many shots she's getting. That's all stuff that these pro teams are looking at now versus just, oh, Taylor started seven games, played seven games, scored two goals. Yeah. It's all broken down by Instat, this one company. And so we send that on with her resume. And I sat with Tay and I said, you could be a pro player. But right now, all you do is you defend very well, and you sometimes get an assist and a goal. How about we play in a 3-5-2, and I make you better at crossing? Now look how much better you're going to be. Anybody's going to want you at that point, Tay. 
So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. So Taylor Hansen came in. She was here before you got here. Yes. But did she come in as a as a fullback or did she move around a little yeah, bit? Yeah, she was playing as a fullback. Yep. Gotcha. Talking here with Coach Chris Chitovitsky of, of Grizzly Soccer. The Grizz off to a great start to the season, playing well in the non-conference, defending Big Sky Conference champions. Big year for you guys because you lost a lot from last year, and this has been the narrative point that everybody has been touching on, right? You've been in in every media session. It's been asked, you know, how do you replace Alexa Coyle? Yes. Um, Claire Howard. (laughs) Claire Howard, of course, the, the greatest goalie in Big Sky Conference history. Yeah. What was what was sort of your thought process when you were seeing this wall coming up or this this wave of, of players dropping yeah. off you knew you were going to lose them what was yeah. your thought process on, on preparing for that <laughs> i hope i'm recruiting well <laughs> right <laughs> otherwise i lose my job so no it's like you gotta recruit well so if you recruit well then there's not a drop off and we've been talking about it for years if lex is not going to be here forever claire's not going to be here forever can you build that machine behind the scenes that doesn't matter if you want to disrespect us pick us lower that's fine by me doesn't matter who graduates because that next head's just coming right through. And this is such a big thing for coaches, especially coaches taking a new job. It's sort of like that first big litmus test is can you win with your own players? Exactly. So walk me through your recruiting philosophy, what you're looking for, where you're going to look for these these players, and sort of just how you do that whole side of the program. Wow, going to give away all the secrets. All right. Well, no, nothing no, that you okay. don't want to talk about, no, but I think no. this stuff is super interesting. So Yeah, it is. No, um, I look at it from a budgetary standpoint first and foremost, right, of what can I recruit? And so my budget isn't the same as a Power 5 program's budget. I know I can't get Power 5 level players, but I can get group of 5 level players because I have the facilities here and I can poach maybe low, low hanging fruit Power 5 players, right? So I can get that. I can get group of 5. That's who I want to compare myself to. So what are the clubs that produce these types of players? So we have certain clubs, one out of California, one out of um, Seattle, one out of Canada, and a couple out of Colorado that I go to all the time. And that's my, I go to the camps. I know the coaches really well. I know the players really well. If I was to stop coaching college soccer, I would go work at one of those clubs because they develop players the way that I want them developed. So now all of a sudden it's as if I'm working at those clubs and I have my own pipeline that comes into me. And so because of that, and as soon as you start looking at the recruiting classes, you'll clearly see the theme be like, oh, it's that club. Oh, it's that club. Oh, it's that club every single year. Right. And then, of course, if there's somebody outside of it, a Montana kid, then we take them as well. But it's mainly going to those clubs and pulling in. They don't just develop them correctly as players, but also character wise. We don't just do phone calls. We do Zoom calls with families. If I don't like the family player interaction over the Zoom call, I stop recruiting the kid. And then that, that makes sure that the character is correct. It's the person that I want. Plus, they're coming out of some of the best clubs in the country and best international clubs. And now it all just falls into place for me. And that gives you an idea of what to expect when they get here because you know they're exactly. coming from the same place. You know how they've been developed, so it's easier exactly. to sort of institute your own development yes. when they get here. And they're very high-level players who are expected to win. They clubs sure. challenge for national titles every year. So how would you not want that in your environment? So it's easy for me to say, I need you... We've won four trophies in three years. I want to win again. Yeah. That's pressure that's on you. You need to help me get there. And the kid's like, all right, I've been doing this for years. That's fine. That's so interesting because the dichotomy in sort of American youth soccer, the big issue for so long, has been development against winning, right? And it's been 
these clubs are these clubs don't develop players like they do in Europe or South America, where the sure. entire focus is on development. And maybe that's simplistic a little bit, but this is yeah. the issue that you always hear about because they're focused on winning. Yes, and of course making money. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you know you throw the most talented player at striker. Yes. Or, or even just the most physically developed player at striker, right? Go. When they're ten years yeah. old. Yep. Um, so just what's your take on that? Is that starting to switch to where we're starting to see more European style development here and, and just yes. more focus on the technical side of it? And, and how, how does that play out when you're recruiting? Yeah, I think we're doing a pretty good job as a country of seeing the two where you're getting the development younger. What I appreciated playing in Australia was you played for a certain club. And you would go watch the U18s play every single weekend because that's where you wanted to get to. So even if, if I was under 10, under 12, under 14, under 16, I wanted to play for the 18s at some point. Sure. And so it was always a build up, and everybody was always you train on the pitch furthest away, then you're a little bit closer, then you're a little bit closer. Now you're on the first team. Good for you, right? That's pretty cool. I wish we had something a bit more like that now. I still feel like every age group is a separate entity within a club, and there's no, oh, I can't wait to play for the 18s and represent this club and try to win a national title at the U18s level and everybody else can develop you don't need to win a title when you're nine years old who cares and honestly i don't even care when i go out recruiting if somebody's team loses 5-0 but that kid crushes it and works really hard i still want her in my program i don't care that you lost 5-0 i'm honestly not there to pay attention to the scores it helps that you're on a team that wins a lot because you're used to the pressure of winning and what comes with it but at some point you're going to lose and i can't wait to see your reaction when you lose What's your take on, you know, you, you say you got these clubs in, in California, Seattle, Colorado. What's your take on just the, the soccer culture around here, the, the quality of high school player that's coming yeah. out of here? I mean, Quinn Peacock's a player I really like who Scott you got Thompson. from right, yeah. right here in Missoula. Yep. What's your take on that? It's good, um, depending on who's coming in, right? Ross has done an incredible job with strikers. Um, if you go out to Billings, what Steven has done with the age groups, which he has worked with, he's really spread soccer knowledge into it, which has developed certain types of players. Um, but it's hit and miss, right? It's who's leading the club, who's leading that age group. And so you get this vintage year of a wine of like, this age group at U16 is phenomenal at Billings, and we're going to try to push those kids. But... Strikers, at least every year, I know what I'm getting because Ross's philosophy is so hardcore here that you know what you're getting out of strikers, and every other year you're going to get a kid. Montana head coach Chris Chitovitsky joining us on Soccer and Stone Smoke, the new soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula. Chris, just to continue this, I mean, we're talking about the recruiting. I guess the next step when you bring these kids in is the development, and what's the, what's the first thing that you tell them when you bring them into your system, and what's the first thing that you, you have to see before you're comfortable putting them on the field? Yeah, first thing is fitness. <laughs> That's it. If you can't run, you can't play at this level. And you've said it before yourself, we, we like to press. We like to be, we want to be able to outrun our opponents if we can. And that goes back to 2018. We made it to the NCAA tournament. We played Washington State. We got run off the field. We got bullied. We just got destroyed. And that was, that bus trip back, I was like, you know what, we can't, we need to be fitter. We have to be fitter. And that's the first thing that they find out. We even just had a parent player meeting and just another reminder for all our 22s of fitness is going to be the biggest thing when you come back next year. Has there been any kids who have been just completely shocked at the level of fitness that you yes. expect when they come in and it's sort of like a rude awakening? Yes. Every year, there's, there's less and less every year because I'm doing a better job communicating it nowadays. Yeah. But that's it. Fitness, if you can't run, you're not going to play. They, they all understand that. And then at that point... How good are you with the ball? My expectation of freshmen is just nothing. It's just, can you just, can you swim in the deep end? I'm going to throw you in there. We'll see how you do. And either you'll learn to swim pretty quickly or you're going to thrash around a bit and then I have to develop you. But 
it's uh, no expectations of freshmen. Like Ava, I had to remind her because she was playing a lot. She was doing well. She's getting in her head when she's not doing well. It's like, Ava, stop it. You just have to, you just, Ava's the type of player who just glides and flows. I love watching her dribble. I just, I just love watching you dribble. That's all I want to see every day. Just get on the ball, and I don't care what else you do. Just dribble for me a couple times every game. Taylor Hansen, very different expectations. Sure. You've got to get into these spots, and I need these types of crosses, and I need points, and I need assists. That's what you've got to do, because I know you want to play pro. So let's go. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.